the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Judeans, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not among them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the mark of the nail in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other things, many other signs in the presence of, the, of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Sometimes you just can't see it. And how blessed are those who have not seen yet come to believe. Larry Gillick is described as a scrappy yet amazingly perceptive person. He's Irish-American, and he's been a Jesuit priest for 50 years. He lost his sight when he was a child. Larry tells of a visit that he made to a Catholic elementary school years ago. After he gave a short presentation to a group of students, a young girl, about 10 years old, approached him and started talking with him. After a couple minutes, a look of pure astonishment came across the girl's face, flashed in her eyes. Suddenly, without warning, suddenly without any filter, she blurted out, you're blind. Father Gillick responded with gentle tenderness, sweetie, that's, that's not news to me. And before he could say anything else to soften that awkward moment, you could tell that her face moved quickly from shock to sadness. You don't know what you look like, she said. 
Now that profound statement from such a young person truly caught Larry off guard. Before that he could even respond, she softly said, you don't know what you look like. You're beautiful. Most of us spend a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of looking in the mirror, obsessing what we look like, wishing that something was different about our body, trying to cover up blemishes with makeup, lamenting that we're not as perfect as we wish we were. And to be quite honest, sometimes it seems to me like Easter Day can be a bit too perfect. The Easter flowers perfectly arranged, the Easter music gloriously and perfectly performed, the liturgy perfectly enacted, everybody trying to look their perfect best. Well, after all, there's flowers and buds and warmer weather. Christ is alive and everything's restored. And now we live happily ever after, right? Except, except along comes the second Sunday of Easter with a doubting disciple and a risen Christ whose scars are still visible. Sometimes I wish this were the gospel for Easter Sunday, when the church is filled with questioners and skeptics and doubters, including us. Maybe this less-than-perfect resurrection story speaks most profoundly to the wounds we carry, externally and internally. The wounds society is suffering. The massacre in a church in Sri Lanka a week ago, a Passover shooting yesterday, and the wounds that the earth is suffering and bearing as well. When Thomas isn't seeing it, when Thomas isn't getting it, when Thomas so longs for a resurrection of his sorrowful, grieving heart, it's then Jesus appears to him, but not a perfect Jesus, a risen Jesus, a risen body with wounds still visible, the scars of suffering, not only his, but of a wounded humanity. Often we might imagine or our hymns portray Jesus' risen body as glorious and radiant, yet we don't always see the beauty in the wounds. Jesus asked Thomas to touch the scars. On these weeks after Sunday, weeks after Easter Sunday, in the church, it's sometimes called weeks of mystagogy. And that big word simply means we unpack and we reflect on what happened to us in the three great days of Jesus' death and resurrection. On Good Friday, in this place, we joined Christians around the world who streamed forward to the cross. And there with our hands, we touched mystery. And we sang, holy God, holy and beautiful, Beauty unsurpassed, you are despised, rejected, scorned, you hold us fast, and we behold your beauty. When we honor and touch that wooden cross, when we accept and even embrace our own vulnerability and imperfections, 
When we look with compassion on the wounds and blemishes of others, both internally and externally, grace dawns on us. Grace dawns on creation. And we can almost hear, you don't know what you look like. You're beautiful. One writer suggests that Jesus' wounded body reminds us that some hurts in life are for keeps, that it's part of being human. She goes on to say, some markers of pain, loss, trauma, and horror leave traces that no amount of piety will take away. I, for example, she says, will never become a woman who was not molested as a little girl. My teenage son will never become an adult who didn't spend a chunk of his adolescence in chronic pain. My daughter's body will never become one that didn't battle anorexia. Some wounds remain even after the resurrection. Today at our 11 a.m. liturgy, we baptize two children into this embodied faith. You are a child of God. You are beautiful just the way you are. That is the grace-filled message of baptism. So often our society's obsession with the way we outwardly package ourselves chokes our souls. Yet we gather around a risen Christ that still bears the wounds of suffering. One theologian who lived with a congenital bone defect all her life called the risen wounded Christ our disabled God. Our disabled God. How amazing, then, to have a God present in our wounds, our imperfections, and our less-than-perfect bodies. As I announced right before the foot-washing ritual in this place on Monday, Thursday, in this safe space, we remind one another that Christ is present in all bodies, whether broken, healthy, aging, frail, abused, ill, or differently abled. This week I read of a high school student who ran a social experiment several years ago. Here's what she does. She goes up to students and faculty at her school and says, I'm taking pictures of things I find beautiful, and I find you beautiful. Now the people and the bodies and the reactions are so diverse. Some are just embarrassed and some are flattered and some seem like they're about ready to break into tears. But then she asks them a second question. She asks them one thing that they think is beautiful or unique about themselves. And nearly all of them are uncomfortable and can't even give one answer. And how sad she is and I am that we can name all the things wrong with us, but we have a hard time naming the beautiful things. The video ends, when you see something beautiful in someone, tell them. It may take a second to say, but for them it may last a lifetime. Dear people of God, on this 
Sunday within the season of Easter, Christ speaks words of peace and words of beauty to us. Even amid our insecurities, our doubts, our pride, our indifference. So as you leave this place, may Easter open your eyes to see the earth after yesterday truly coming alive again, to see the amazing gifts in every day, to see the risen Christ here among us in bread and wine, to see the image of God in our siblings, especially those who don't look like us. And finally, to see what you may often miss, that you are beautiful.